the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The Romans reserved crucifixion only for certain groups of people or certain classes of people, such as foreigners, non-citizens were crucified. Uh, Roman soldiers who deserted the army were were crucified. Uh, Revolutionaries, people that tried to overthrow the government, uh, and really the, the vilest of criminals were crucified. Roman citizens, generally speaking, were not crucified. Crucifixion was used for the worst of the worst. This type of punishment was fit for a murderer and a traitor to Rome. Today, Pastor Dan will be explaining how Jesus wasn't just put to death. He chose to suffer through the excruciating pain of the crucifixion, because that's the only way God's wrath would be satisfied. Jesus cried out to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, asking if there was another way for humanity to be saved. Yet, there was no other way. Jesus went to the cross out of love for you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 19, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 19, beginning in verse 16. Then Pilate delivered Jesus to them to be crucified. And so they took Jesus and they led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. And two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Well, today... We begin our look at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Um, We're going to spend at least the next two weeks looking at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and considering the cross and what it means for us as believers. Each of the four gospel accounts include different details about the crucifixion. And so I would encourage you to take some time to read the four gospel accounts of the crucifixion so that you get a complete picture of, of the event. Uh, verse 16 tells us that Pontius Pilate delivered Jesus to be crucified. And so they took Jesus from the praetorium in Jerusalem. We've talked about that over the last few weeks. The palace where Pontius Pilate was residing while he was in Jerusalem, where the trial of Jesus took place just outside the praetorium. They took Jesus from the praetorium And they led him away, it says, to be crucified. Uh, If you look at verse 18, verse 18 simply says, they crucified him. 
And there's no description given. There's no details given. Just like last week when we looked at the scourging of Jesus, it just said they scourged him. And it didn't give us any details of, of what that entailed. And here there's no details given of what the crucifixion of Jesus Christ entailed. And the reason no details of the crucifixion were given is because when John wrote this, everyone knew what crucifixion entailed. Uh, It was a very common form of execution all throughout the Roman Empire in that day. There, There are occasions where the Romans crucified dozens of people at one time. Uh, There's occasions where they crucified like whole towns at once. Uh, So it was very, very uh, familiar to the readers of John's gospel in the first century. So he doesn't, for them, he doesn't need to give any details of what it means that Jesus was was crucified. Um, We don't, it's something that's foreign to us. Uh, So I want to give you just a little bit of background on crucifixion uh, to help you understand better what Jesus went through for us. Um, First of all, the Romans did not invent crucifixion. It's believed the Persians invented it, but it's said that the Romans perfected it as a form of torture and as a form of execution. The Romans reserved crucifixion only for certain groups of people or certain classes of people, such as foreigners, non-citizens were crucified. Uh, Roman soldiers who deserted the army were, were crucified. Uh, revolutionaries, people that tried to overthrow the government, uh, and really the the vilest of criminals were crucified. Roman citizens, generally speaking, were not crucified. Crucifixion was considered too cruel of a punishment for a Roman citizen. So you know what they did instead with Roman citizens? They beheaded them. That was considered more humane than crucifixion. The Apostle Paul was a Roman citizen. He was beheaded. That was how he was crucified. He was, or that's how he was uh, executed. He was beheaded by Caesar Nero. And so it really was, uh, it was just a, a very, very uh, terrible form of death and execution. It was designed to produce a slow, painful, humiliating death. Uh, some... Historians have said crucifixion was the cruelest form of execution ever invented by mankind. Uh, one, one, commentator, one, one commentator I read said that except for Jesus Christ and his crucifixion, in the historical records of the Romans, the shortest time a person survived on the cross, the shortest time, was 32 hours. The longest in the record. The longest time someone survived on the cross was 13 days. It's unbelievable to consider. This is why, if you remember, when uh, Joseph of Arimathea goes to Pontius Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus, Pilate is surprised he's already dead because he was on the cross only for six hours. And so Pilate sends a Roman soldier to confirm that he's actually dead uh, because it was so unheard of that someone would die and, and six hours. Uh, again, 32 hours was the shortest that we have in the record. 13 days was the longest. Uh, the Romans uh, usually left the bodies of the crucified on the cross to rot. 
Uh, so it wasn't just that once they died, the families could come and take the body down. Uh, the Romans, as part of the punishment and also as a deterrent to people, uh, so that other people would be afraid to commit that crime, uh, the Romans would leave the corpse on the cross to rot. There, there's also record of uh, wild animals and wild dogs uh, eating the corpses while they're still on the cross. Um, so just very, very graphic. Uh, we remember too, again, with Joseph of Arimathea, he comes to Pilate, he goes to Pilate to ask a personal favor to receive the body of Jesus Christ instead of leaving it on the cross. And so, you know, with that little bit of information, you know, we're told in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross, it says. It's not just that he humbled himself and became obedient to death. He died the most humiliating, excruciating way to die in the ancient world. He died on a cross. He humbled himself to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And he did that for us. He was willing and he went through the most excruciating, humiliating, torturous form of death for us, for you and, for you and me, dying in our place. Now verse 17 says that Jesus was, was bearing his own cross. Uh, again, just to give you some background, the Romans, when someone was condemned to die through crucifixion, as part of their punishment, they were forced to carry uh, really only the cross beam of the cross. Not, not, not the whole cross here, as it's usually depicted in artwork where Jesus is, is dragging the whole cross. They would just have them carry the cross beam on their shoulders and they would tie their arms to the cross beam and so they would have to carry it over their shoulders, historians estimate that the cross beam of the cross uh, weighed anywhere from 75 to 100 pounds. Uh, and so the, the condemned carried the cross beam across their shoulders on their way to the place of crucifixion, where at the vertical portion of the cross was uh, planted in the ground. And so they would carry the cross beam on their shoulders. Uh, through the streets maybe of Jerusalem. We're not sure if that's what happened. That's usually how it's depicted in paintings. But we're not sure that he went through the streets of Jerusalem. Uh, there's an argument that could be made that he was brought around the outside of the city to the place of crucifixion, but that's not really that important. Uh, so he, he has to carry the cross beam across his shoulders, his arms outstretched and tied to the cross beam. Again, 75 to 100 pounds on his shoulders. And remember, he's, he was just scourged before he sent to the cross. His back and his shoulders and his arms were covered with wounds and lacerations from the scourging. Uh, and and I, I'm sure, as you can imagine, that heavy, rough, splintery lumber across his shoulders is just ripping open all of those wounds from the scourging. And so Jesus left the praetorium, the palace where Herod was, was staying in Jerusalem, bearing his cross for himself, but he was unable to carry the cross very far. Uh, again, because of the scourging, he, he probably was too weak to carry the cross. The other Gospels tell us that 
Roman soldiers compelled a man named Simon from Cyrene to bear the cross for Jesus because he couldn't do it himself. He was in such a weakened state. Uh, Cyrene was located in North Africa, modern-day Libya. At that time, there was a large Jewish population living in Cyrene. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. So Simon from Cyrene, Simon the Cyrenian, uh, he, he probably was a Jew. He's probably in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover as, as millions of other Jews were in Jerusalem at that time to celebrate Passover. And this guy, Simon the Cyrene, we're told he's coming into the city from the countryside. He has stayed for the night outside the city, as many did. These little kind of tent cities would pop up out in the fields around Jerusalem. He's staying outside the city for the Passover. And in the morning, he's making his way into Jerusalem, you know, just minding his own business, whistling zippity-doo-dah, you know, and going along. And he crosses paths with Jesus, who's on his way to the cross. And Jesus cannot carry the cross beam himself And so these Roman soldiers compelled him, it says. They forced him to carry the crossbeam for Jesus. And and carrying Jesus' cross now, that made Simon ceremonially unclean because it's got blood on it. So now, because he's ceremonially unclean as a Jew, he can't go into the temple. He can't make any sacrifices in the temple. He can't participate in Passover. This is the whole reason the guy's in town. He's made this journey from North Africa to come to participate in the Passover. And now he can't. I'm sure in Simon's mind, this was the worst thing that could happen to him. His trip is a waste now. His trip is ruined. Or maybe not. You know, Mark's account, when Mark's gospel tells us about Simon the Cyrene, Mark's gospel includes... An interesting detail about Simon the Cyrene. Mark tells us Simon the Cyrene, he says, was the father of Alexander and Rufus. Why does Mark tell us that? Well, you know, it's believed that Mark wrote his gospel to the believers living in the city of Rome. And in the book of Romans, at the end of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 16, verse 13, when Paul is listing Uh, other believers that greet the church in Rome and believers that he wants to greet that are in the church in Rome, he mentions Rufus as part of the church. It's believed, it's tradition, but it's believed that Simon the Cyrene became a believer in Jesus Christ as a result of this unplanned encounter with Jesus and that his family also believed on Jesus Christ 
Uh, And you have his son Rufus mentioned in the letter to the Roman church, to the Romans. And so for Simon, I I want you to see this. For Simon, what at first seemed like something horrible turned out to be the greatest thing that ever happened to him. And that's, isn't, that, isn't that funny how that happens sometimes in life? Oh, God will use something that we think is terrible. And maybe it is terrible in the moment. And he will use that thing and turn it into this great blessing in our life. Something can happen that's, that's really bad. And then God uses that really bad thing to reveal himself to us. Something that at the time we think this is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen, but through it Jesus shows himself to us, or we come to know the Lord through that terrible experience. I know for me when I was a teenager, my mom died suddenly. She was training for a triathlon and dropped dead while she was out running. It was terrible. It was the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. But through that tragedy, that got me seeking God. I never thought about God before that. I was too cool, you know, for God kind of thing. But because of that, I started seeking God and ultimately came to faith in Jesus Christ. And God used that tragedy in my life to bring me to salvation. And so that tragedy became a testimony in my life. And that's what God sometimes does. That's what it seems he did in Simon's life. This terrible thing. He can't go to the temple. He can't participate in the Passover. But yeah, he comes to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. God worked all things together for good in Simon's life. So again, look at verse 17. He's bearing his cross. It says he went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. Golgotha means the place of the skull. Uh, it was called the place of the skull because it was the place of execution. It was the place where people were put to death. Uh, and so, like, you know, even, even today we have kind of that skull and crossbones symbol, right? Uh, and, and this was the place where people were executed. This is the place where people were put to death. And so it's called the place of the skull, Golgotha. You know what the Latin name of that location is? Calvary. Calvary. You guys go to Calvary chapel. You go to Skull Chapel, right? That sounds much cooler to me than Calvary. I think we should change the name. And we can change the logo to a skull instead of the dove, right? Well, today the location of Golgotha is marked by uh, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in in Jerusalem. You can go to that location today. Uh, The the church, it's, it's very difficult to visualize where he was crucified and where he was buried there. It's a, it was a church that was built in about the 3rd century. It's very dark in there. It's very ornate. There's always a lot of people in there. It's very crowded. It's very loud. Uh, and you just, it's hard to see it uh, when, you're, when you're there. But that's, that's the location. Um, Mark's Gospel, in Mark chapter 15, verse 25, it tells us uh, that it was 9 o'clock in the morning when they crucified Jesus. And that time is significant because that was the exact hour that the priests offered a special Passover sacrifice in the temple. Uh, If you remember when the religious leaders brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate, they didn't go into Pilate's palace. Remember that? They stayed outside, it says, because they didn't want to defile themselves so that they could keep the Passover, so they could make the Passover offering. 
This is the offering now that that was referring to. The next day, 9 o'clock in the morning, they would make this special uh, Passover offering, uh, this Passover sacrifice in the temple at 9 in the morning. And that's the exact time that Jesus, the Lamb of God, was nailed to the cross on Golgotha. Now, just, just remember, uh, by the time Jesus arrived at Golgotha, the place of crucifixion, uh, he had been awake for more than 24 hours at this point. Uh, the last time he ate was at the Last Supper, the Passover meal the night before. Uh, so he's had very little food. He's had very little water. Uh, he's been scourged. He's lost a lot of blood. Uh, he's probably in shock at this point. He's, he's unable to carry the cross. He's unable really to carry himself probably to get there. So he's in very bad shape when he arrives at Golgotha and the crucifixion. And what the Romans would have done, what they did with everybody that they crucified, the first thing they would do is they would strip off their clothes. And he's been scourged, and so I'm sure when they ripped off his clothes, it ripped open all of those wounds and lacerations on his body. It's unclear. Some commentators believe they would have stripped the victim completely naked to humiliate them. Uh, some believe that they left a loincloth of some kind on the, on the victim. Um, they would have, then the first thing they would have done is they would have nailed his, his arms to that cross beam and they would have used five to seven inch spikes uh, and they would have driven them through his wrists to nail him to the cross. Uh, think of railroad spikes. Uh, that's, that's sort of what the nails looked like that they would have used. So they would have nailed his arms back, driving nails through his wrists to attach him to the cross beam of the cross. Uh, you know, there, there's an interesting prophecy in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 10, if you're taking notes. It says in Isaiah 52, 10, the Lord, capital letters, so Yahweh, Yahweh will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. When did the Lord Yahweh lay bare his arms in the sight of all the nations? On the cross. On the cross. Now when those, when those spikes were driven through his wrists, and let me just back up and say, uh, just you know, in case you're skeptical about this, uh, you know, the Bible says that his hands were pierced. The word that's used for hands refers to anything from the elbow down to the hands. So that it's driven through his wrist. When that spike is driven through his wrist, it would have pierced the median nerve that runs up your arm. Uh, you know, you've, you've experienced that burning sensation of hitting your funny bone, right? Well, there's a second nerve, the median nerve, that runs up your arm. That's right in your wrist, and it probably would have pierced that nerve. Just sending a shock of burning pain up his arm, his hand would have... Uh, clinched up as a result of hitting that nerve. Severe burning pain. You know, the word excruciating comes from a Latin word that means out of the cross. Excruciating. We talk about excruciating pain. Out of the cross. Uh, after nailing his wrist to the cross, remember that they just have the cross beam. Uh, what the Roman soldiers would do is they would lift the person up. So they would have lifted Jesus up by the crossbeam to put him up on the upright portion of the cross. He asked- 
Today you've been hearing from Pastor Dan about the book of John, one of the four accounts of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gospel book details the Son of God's time on earth, what He did, and how He changed lives. It also gives you an opportunity to have a changed life as well. Are you ready to give your life to Christ and be forgiven of your sins? We'd love to tell you more about this and pray with you if you're ready to take a step of faith. Give us a call here at Ring of Truth. Our number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd also like to encourage you to find and begin attending a church regularly. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. To find out more about what you can expect and to get directions and service times, please visit our website, calvaryec.com. At our website, you can also enjoy more of Pastor Dan Sexton's teachings from the Gospel of John or explore his other message series. Again, that website is calvaryec.com. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. Rings true.